Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Review pod, baby. Yeah, yay. Gotta love the Hello. review pod. I'm going to tell you guys this right now. So we're coming at this. It, it, you know, it's, it's, it's COVID season out there. You can't, you can't get away from it. And, you know, the NFL is dealing with it, just like everyone else is dealing with it. And so right now, as a result, you know, sometimes something positive happens. Like, hey, I'm a teacher. A whole bunch of new teaching approaches have opened their open. Like, I've opened my eyes. I've opened my eyes, too. It's kind of like this right now. There's football on, and it's 5 o'clock on a Monday. Yeah, it's like we're on the West Coast. Their prime night, their prime time games start at 5 p.m. Right, it's 5:50 right now. This is so strange. Being from, like we're in New York right now, we've only ever lived in New York, so we don't even know what a five o'clock start is. It just seems strange. So, the game's on while we're recording, and we are fans of football first and foremost. So if you, if we're in the middle of talking, you hear us go oh, or if there's like momentary lapses, just know. It's because football's on. <laughs> yeah, game's on in the background, of course. Of course. But so, you have our full uh, yeah. attention. Maybe 99%. Typically 100. Today, 99. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, let's get started with the news, Michael. How about it? Yeah, let's do it. But before we get into the news, let's get into thanking our sponsors over at um, PartyBelts.com. Now, that is the official championship belt of the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. Official. And it is officially awesome. Next year in your draft, you want to show off, especially if, like, hopefully COVID's gone, you're getting together for the live draft again. Man, I want to I wanna show off. I'm the, I'm the champion. Not only was I the I'm the COVID champion. I took this crazy season, and I won. This championship belt belongs to me. I don't want to pass it on next year. I want to keep it forever. And this is at an affordable price. It's a cool belt, so you can do that. You could hold beers in it. It is completely customizable to everything you need. Partybelts.com with the promo code BROTO, B-R-O-T-O. You can get 15% off at checkout. And also, check out Thrive Fantasy. It is the newest way to play daily fantasy sports. These guys have honestly invented something really, really cool. It's basically over-unders, and they give you points the same way the over-unders give you odds, better odds for each one. Uh, Based on those points, whoever has the most points... Win some cash. It's kind of like daily fantasy. You Simple put it together a team of ten over and unders. Yeah, it really is. Um, we we talked about it. We we've won some some cash on uh, on Thrive ourselves. Uh, and I'm not even a, a daily fantasy player like that. I'm I'm more of a yearly guy. I like to like focus on the outlooks and shit. I mean and stuff like that. But you know, it's for me. I could do it. It's for you. You can do it. And with the promo code Brodo Brodo twenty. Two zero. Twenty. I'm sorry. Bro, Broto twenty. B R O T O two zero. Um, you get they match your deposit up to from twenty dollars up to fifty dollars for uh any new subscribers. So go, go check that out. Um, Tim, all right, let's get Stefan Diggs four yard touchdown. Oh man, I'm playing against Josh Allen, guys. I'm it's live. I'm live tweeting and I'm live speaking the touchdowns. 
so much oh, stuff nice. happening so right now. You're tweeting them, Michael. You're on. You're on super. Like you're on triple duty right now. Ah! Why, why don't you take a little break and let Donny H take over? Yeah, I need Donny H to get in here now. Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. Oof, I really needed that break right there. Thank you, Donny H. Can always count on him to increase our Monday feelings. Donny H. Uh, I mean, it depends on what Donny H brings, man. So <laughs> sometimes Donny H brings bad news. And I got some bad news, man. Miles Sanders. Yeah, you're telling me. A uh, hat hanger of mine finally looked two straight games where he played pretty well against pretty good defenses, looking like he's matchup proof, and now goes down with an injury, miss gonna miss one to two weeks. De- probably not gonna. I don't want to say definitely yet because he's not definitely out, but he's not expected to play against the Giants next week. Tough, tough. Uh, Boston Scott got most of the work in the last game. Corey Clement also got in there. Um, I mean, Boston Scott, you know, he's he's just limited compared to Miles Sanders. Yeah, like, of you, course. You, like, he's on the he's on the field. He's just like, this guy's not Miles Sanders. The thing with Miles Sanders, too, man, is that we saw the last two weeks were brutal matchups. Pitt and Baltimore against the run are two of the worst matchups you could possibly have. And he showed why we were so high on him going into the season. Just the big play potential. Even when he gets stuffed at the line a few times in a row, he breaks out 70-plus runs against both of those teams. I, I want to know when the last time a running back had 70-plus yard runs against Baltimore and Pitt in the same season. That, that's probably some digging you have to do. Yeah, and it sucks because, I mean, he almost had a touchdown. He ended up fumbling it. and Dude, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside ended with eight fantasy points on zero <laughs> yards and zero receptions because he caught <laughs> he picked it up in the end zone and caught a two-point conversion. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And the two-point conversions don't count towards yardage and catch totals. We need to change this seg- segment from Jordan Howard's line to guess uh... <laughs> the Ortega-Whiteside line. The Ortega-Whiteside line. Yeah, upsetting because, I mean, Scott, look, luckily if you roster Sanders, his bye week is week eight. So the injury will go into the bye week. You always like when that happens when it comes to your star players because you wouldn't have had him that week anyway. So hopefully... This coming week against New York was a great matchup, so it sucks not to have him. But Scott is not someone... Uh, actually, we'll talk about this on the Fab Waiver episode tomorrow. Um, but Scott is someone you could target for like the weekly fix, but he's, his ceiling, as we've seen, is certainly nowhere near Sanders' ceiling. Yeah, do you know what? Going back a little bit, Sanders, do you know who's another running back that can get stuffed at the line a couple times, but you always know he's going to have a great fantasy game because he's going to bust a big one? Saquon Barkley. Yeah. And Penn both State. of the guys came from the same place. Yeah. So I wonder if it's, it's some kind of connection there. It's got to be, right? Um, let's go over to some other bad news. Taylor Lewan tears his ACL. Now, that's big. Uh, that's, that's a left tackle. That's a very good left tackle. Now, is it going to shift the fantasy dynamics a lot? No. But all of a sudden, a Ryan Tannehill may have – one less second on three, four plays in the game, that makes a lot of, of a difference in terms yeah. of cap. You know what I mean? And same with same with Derrick Henry. So uh, are you – I mean, are, you got to adjust, but you're not overly adjusting. Just, you know, be aware that this happened. Yeah, I'm not overly adjusting. I mean, even yesterday, Luan got hurt pretty early on, and 
it didn't really matter because Ryan Tannehill and company and Derrick Henry still just absolutely dominated on the offensive side as they have all season. This this could end up like disrupting a big play or two every now and then because Luan is a very good player, but yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna really downgrade them at the moment. Zach Ertz has a high ankle sprain. He's gonna miss three to four weeks. Honestly, this is like uh you don't I have to start this, him now. <laughs> right. This is the best case scenario for for Ertz roster is because now you're not forced to start Zach Ertz because you drafted him so high. Yeah, you know what? I'll give you a free tip for those who don't listen to the waiver pod. I'm feeling generous today. If Dallas Goddard is available, go get him. He's someone I discussed on last week's waiver pod because he was being dropped in leagues by desperate owners, uh, rosterers with COVID and things of that sort. Add him because if he comes back this week with no Zach Ertz and now Miles Sanders uh, out as well, he could just be inserted into a huge role just off the jump. This is the worst quote I've ever heard. Are you ready for this? Oh, boy. If, I'm I, excited. if I had Christian McCaffrey, I would be livid. Ooh, I, I don't know what quote you're talking about, so hit me. <laughs> ready? Panthers coach Matt Rule said he's not sure if Christian McCaffrey will be back this week, next week, or the week after. Fun. Fuck you, Matt Rule. Fun. <laughs> what the hell, man? Why are you playing my emotions like this? Well, like we said, with the way Mike Davis is playing, there's no really need to rush him and find yo the bears were my favorite pick i tweeted about it yesterday of the week the fact that they were plus 100 on the money line absolutely blew my mind like even money for the bears to beat the panthers people got way too hyped up about the panthers beating two scrub ass teams in a row like and then the bears like the bears played terrible offensively and they still it seemed like dominated them the entire game like it could have been a lot worse for carolina they averaged something like six yards per play yeah, it was like it was disgusting, unbelievable. Classic terrible. Teddy Bridge. Water. Yeah, uh, no, I'm talking about the I'm talking about the Chicago. Oh, the side. Chicago offense was pretty yeah. awful too. Yeah, awful. Like that defense is so good though. Um, all right, so we haven't had a chance to talk about this yet. Uh, well, at least I haven't. Le'Veon Bell is a chief. Yes, he and is. And so Andy Reid says he's here to take some of the pounding off Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Hilaire, excuse me. Hell yeah, as we call him here. Um, I don't know, man. I am on the side of I think Le'Veon Bell is going to be a disaster for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and I think it's going to be it's going to be a situation, in my opinion, like we saw with the Browns last year, and that situation, except much less work because they don't run as much as the Browns do. So unless Clyde Edwards-Alaire in these in the, in this game right now that we're watching right now. Unless he goes ape shit while we're talking. He is I running think, very well to start the game. I'll give you that. He he is. But I'm talking about ape shit. I think that there's a real big possibility that Le'Veon Bell becomes something in this offense that is indispensable and takes up a lot of his points. Yeah, and, I find and, it very hard to believe that he just is going to lose his role. You know? um, I mean, excuse me, not have a role. He's Le'Veon Bell. Like... He could have went to the Dolphins and basically been named the starter. I'm sure Casey told him, like, yo, you're going to mix in and you're going to win a chip. So he was like, all right. What? Michael, my bad, my bad. CEH just ripped off a 15-yard run. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm telling you. He's he's running. Case. He already has a 30-yard rush. He's probably over, like, 70-plus yards rushing already. Got but, yeah. Seen that. Look, Le'Veon Bell, I, I could see this being, like, a Freeman-Coleman situation, Chubb-Hunt situation. But, like you said, those guys didn't have Patrick Mahomes at QB. 
like they're still going to throw the ball a ton. They're not going to be the Cleveland Browns offense. So this certainly hampers CEH's upside, I think. And Le'Veon Bell is going to have a role. Let's... I'm interested to see how long it takes for him to start getting acclimated into that offense. Like, he hasn't even been able to report to the team yet because of COVID protocol. So, we'll see. But as of now, CEH is... It's certainly concerning that they went out and signed Love Bell. Yeah, eight rushes, 79 yards for CEH. Hell yeah, to start the game. And we go from that hell yeah... Yeah, 72 yards, like you said. Damn. Uh, we're going to go from that hell yeah to the to the furthest from hell yeah you possibly can go. We're going to end the new segment with our favorite topic, Adam Gase. Um, Why? <laughs> Michael, this guy said, when asked if he's going to relinquish the, pl- the play calling duties, he said, that's step 10, and the Jets are currently on step two. Fun. We've got a bunch of issues to sort through on offense, and we're on step two. The play calling is happen, step 10. No. So he is separating himself eight notches from what's happening. How did we get like to Like, in his point? mind... He is eight notches away from what's happening. <laughs> How did we get to this point, man? <laughs> Guess what the point differential is between... Um, and the, touchdown, CH five-yard rush. Holy moly, is he going in to start the game? Five-yard rush, that was really like a 15-yard rush. He wants his job. He's like, yo, Lev Bell's coming? Oh, Not called back. Job. Flag. Uh, um, so, yeah, Adam Gase. Uh, I mean, my bad. Michael, guess <laughs> point differential. Jets this season. Yes. Um, I think Plus we've minus. lost most games by twenty something. If I'm not mistaken, I'm gonna go minus one eighteen. Minus one ten. Holy moly! I was being generous. I did not expect it to be that bad. I was kind of just like making Ended. fun of the Jets by choosing minus one eighteen. Jeez, yo. And that's the, and that's exactly where we are. Um, with that being said, uh, we know we know pain, that's yes, for sure. Do. But we also know fantasy football, and we made some good calls last week. Uh, let's let's go and talk about them in the. Uh, we saw that coming. So. Yeah, twelve yard touchdown, Travis Kelsey, bang! Ooh. I saw that coming from a mile away. Uh, slightly messed it up again. I suck with this damn drop. Jeez, Louise. Yeah, this yeah, damn. I, mean, I saw that coming. Drop is tough to tough to handle. We're behind the scenes. Uh, you know the twins. I'm gonna tell you something real quick before we get started. The twins are smart guys. Here we go. They're really smart. Like people don't know this when they listen to you guys, but these guys have really been at the top of their class from every single step of of the way. <laughs> Still going. Jason's in Cornell. Michaels working his way up a company from the ground floor these guys are smart these so when you're dealing with smart people sometimes you have to just be like all right because michael you and jason never explain to me why you take or give me the zoom but you i know you've thought it all the way through and it makes sense so i just accept it but you guys just hit me up like yo i'm dropping up the zoom soon i'm like all right man and then jason's like yo give michael the zoom I'm like, all right. So now Michael got it again because these guys thought three steps ahead of me, and I have no reason, I have no idea why he does, but yeah, behind the scenes. I'll keep Mike, up. You want to go first, Mike? Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, my first, we saw that coming, is a man that I said on the pod with Jason this past Wednesday, probably the highest I've ever ranked him, and I'm ready to get hurt, but I just really, really, really like the matchup. 
I had him eight spots higher than expert consensus ranking at number eight overall for running backs, Ronald Jones. And Ronald Jones went in. He is, I mean, I am a fantasy analyst, right? All because I've hated Ronald Jones in the past doesn't mean I can't change my mind. <laughs> no, no, no. That, He's running the, well. Yeah, as the godfathers of the fantasy podcast, the fantasy footballers say a lot, stay fluid, stay yes. water. Uh, things change, and if you change, if you if you reject change, then you reject winning. Yeah, like my Rojo hatred runs deep prior to the season, and even going into the season. But guess what? Leonard Fournette got hurt. Shady McCoy got hurt. Yes, it has been a good circumstance for Ronald Jones, but he has absolutely taken the reins of that backfield and has been great. He put up 26 points. He has a tremendous matchup uh, matchups throughout the rest of the season like he does not play none of the teams he plays against throughout the rest of the season and we're only in week six are in the top 10 in rushing defense at the moment so unless something drastic changes he's gonna have a good matchup over and over right now Ronald Jones is looking like one of those guys where you really wish you had more shares of him and this week he went off and I I, I liked him a lot this week and that that came through yeah I mean Ronald Jones uh you know he not when he if he has that job, there's really not much to dislike. Like yeah, oh sure, he needs to be better at catching. Fine, but he's gonna have a, a bunch of opportunities to do it. And he he, I'll tell you what. Remember what I was talking about in the off season about how he was working out like crazy and he was building his body and his body looks the best it's ever see, it's ever looked. Can you not see that on the field? Like you, can. you you watch this guy and he's so much more powerful, so much more explosive than he was last year. It's kind of unreal. So shout out to him for doing that because, yeah, um, he looks good, man. Man, anyone's capable if they if they try. That's that that's my Johnny Petropolis of the day. Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go next. Now, uh, as you guys know, I wasn't on the Wednesday pod. I'm probably not gonna be on the Wednesday pod again this week. Um, but I did have some some calls. One of the calls that I had, I'm going to reach back two weeks ago, is Justin Jefferson was a guy that I was going to play and love it the next two weeks, and I wasn't going to shy away. And then two weeks ago, he kind of dudded. I was still all over the Justin Jefferson train, ranked him in the top, I think, 16 wide receivers. I loved the matchup, and he absolutely demolished. And this is what you have to do with Justin Jefferson. I think that when you watch him play, he's different. And when you look at the the role that he's in, it's a role that existed already. So as long as they're going to pass deep, which their defense sucks this year. Their defense has been getting <laughs> – their defense has not been good. It's no, been, atrocious. Yeah. I mean, people can blame Kirk Cousins all they want, and Kirk Cousins holds the blame. Don't get me wrong. He leads the league in interceptions. But you know, that defense has been bad. Yeah. So – He's going to have to throw. And then Zach Pascal. I'm, I'm shouting out. I th- was it Jason on this one who said he's ready He's ready to get hurt? Uh, Jason and I, we, we both agreed Pascal was getting. Like, he was down in, like, the 70s in consensus rankings. We were like, guys, uh, come on now. That's dumb. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's that's a, a product of you guys seeing that T.Y. Hilton is kind of is kind of toast. So toast for sure. I, I remember, yeah, I remember listening to you guys talk about it. Yo, listening to the, the Wednesday pod this week was so fun. <laughs> it was like, yo, because I... You know, like I said, it's a life thing that's getting in the way, so I, I don't really have time. So I didn't really put in the 
the complete deep dive that I usually put in, dude, listening to you guys is awesome. I learn a lot. Thanks. I've never, Tim. I've never, I've never heard it from that perspective. Before. I hope the yeah. listeners feel the same way. <laughs> yeah, me too, me too, me too. Um, so four receptions, fifty-four yards, and a touchdown. Didn't light the world on fire, but was definitely a great play at wide receiver three. So uh, those two guys were kind of the reason I, I bunched them together is because they were like the bounce back receivers. So uh, the bounce back receivers is my first one. Michael, who's your second one? I feel you there. Those are uh, good calls. Uh, my second one is a guy who, on the review pod last week, I said. I feel like he's for real. And then on the waiver pod, I was more inclined to spend more fab and a higher waiver priority on the guy than Jason was. And that is Travis Fulgham, who came out and put in work again. Six receptions, 75 yards, and a touchdown on 10 targets. Went up and got it against two defenders, Marcus Peters and I think it was Marlon Humphrey, in the end zone. Not an easy task. And if Carson Wentz and the Eagles are just going to continue to look his way he's going to be a prominent he's gonna have a prominent role in that offense and back-to-back weeks three weeks now in double digits even San Fran when he didn't have a prominent role he caught that long touchdown and now that he has 23 targets over the last two weeks 43 fantasy points Travis Fulgham is balling out and you got to be glad if you added him because Baltimore was supposed to be the tough matchup where you're unsure if he's going to be able to produce and produce he did Facts, facts. Um, another guy that I, we saw coming, I saw coming, was in our uh, bus and sleepers article over on brotofantasy.com. If you are not checking out brotofantasy.com, I, I truly would appreciate it if you did. Um, and Because I, I think it's important to remember, like, this podcast is cool, but we are the podcast of brotofantasy.com. Brotofantasy is a lot more than just this podcast. So go check us out over there. And one of the things that we do is article. We have articles. We have a great bunch of writers. Uh, the twins and I also write ourselves. And we have a bus and sleepers article that you can go check out. It's been very popular lately, so go check that out. And my my uh, my guy was Debo Samuel. And the reason is because a lot of people just fade Jalen Ramsey. But they were talking about it on the broadcast a lot last night, and I noticed it in just my research uh, looking up things. About two weeks ago, they stopped using Jalen Ramsey as just an outside corner, and they've been moving him around everywhere. And they continued that. Uh, they talked about it. Uh, Chris Collinsworth was talking about it literally like every five minutes um, on the broadcast. But, you know, that opens up a lane for uh, he's going to try and take out different guys he's going to be used in different ways so all of a sudden that number one player like Debo Samuel has an opportunity to succeed and he did and it was good seeing Debo Samuel get back in that offense I think that it's important that people remember that Debo Samuel is a good player and that if he's healthy he is he like he would have been drafted in the sixth maybe seventh round had he been healthy so you're looking at a player that people are are drafting to be a starting player so and he's he's going to be that so it was good to see him break out um, in his first opportunity, a real opportunity to do so, where he was really playing the like the most more snaps. I don't have his exact snap count, but way more snaps. Yeah, I agree. I agree, Tim. Yeah. Okay. That's good. <laughs> that uh, hard hitting analysis from Michael Petrop. You know, sometimes I disagree <laughs> with you, and I'm I don't want to repeat you. Uh, okay. All right. We're in the same boat. Like, we got to save uh, time too. You know. For the people, why? Why we don't. We? No, the people. people don't want to hear an hour and ten minutes of repeating. They want to hear an hour of non-repeating. 
You know what, Michael? You you have a great point. So let's not repeat this mistake again and let's move <laughs> on to the next one. Uh, the, uh, the What is this, surprise? Yeah, the surprise segment. Surprise, motherfucker. Yo, Dexter is coming back, though. Yo, for real. Dexter, a 10-episode miniseries. If you've never seen Dexter, look, the last two or three seasons, I'm not exactly sure, are not great. But... I got the- I wouldn't say the two or three. I'd say the last two seasons. Yeah, I don't. I don't recall what the third to last season. I'm that's blanking on if that the, one was good or not. That's the one with the um, the blonde woman, or like, or like the 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 serial killer who was into the Bible. Oh, okay. I don't then know. I, look, I'm I'm also of the when it comes to TV shows like The Office too. People are like, oh, Michael Scott left and the show sucked. Um, Game of Thrones, you know, the show sucked and all that. I mean, I like even if endings aren't as good i still appreciate the show like the office without michael scott i still thought was very funny like it's still a very funny show it's just not a1 it's like it's a2 and if you guys are wondering how michael was going to bring up the office in this episode <laughs> you guessed correctly if you had the transition you were in the parking between. lot earlier that's how i know you <laughs> <laughs> michael who's your first surprise surprise my first surprise surprise is someone i fell for unfortunately like we've been I don't think any of us roster a single share of this player, which is pretty crazy to say because we have so many leagues and we're even in leagues together. So the player pool is lesser. Um, But I fell for him this week in what I thought was going to be a good spot. And that guy is Odell Beckham Jr. Two receptions, 25 yards. He now has four of six games under nine fantasy points. Two games under four fantasy points. If you take out that 35-point bonanza against Dallas in week four. Which most of it came off a pass that wasn't even from Baker. Yeah. He threw a touchdown to... Oh, no. Landry threw a touchdown to him. He uh, rushed for like a 59-yard touchdown or something. If you get rid of that ginormous game, this dude is a free agent in your league with a name, honestly, with the way he's been performing. And we have been throwing caution all off season about OBJ and into this season. And we said, sell him as fast as you can after Dallas as well. He's just a name at this point. Like Baker Mayfield's hurt now. And he, even when he's not hurt, he just, the dude, I was wrong about Baker Mayfield. I liked him a lot coming out of college. There's, you can't really make excuses anymore. They're, Offensive line is great this year. Like, you can't put the blame on the offensive line again. Like, the dude is just not passing well, period. And it's not like he doesn't have the weapons either. And OBJ just happens to be a casualty of that, unfortunately. So, OBJ, he could certainly be in the stock down as well. But he's in the surprise, surprise. Imagine if Sam Darnold was on the Browns right now. That would be a match made in heaven. They had a chance to do it. He Um, was the guy who was supposed to go there until, like, Draft night. <laughs> yeah, man. Dorsey, the former Kansas City Chiefs uh, GM, came through, got OBJ, got Baker Mayfield, like, and then did, like, completely changed the team around, like, traded everyone, like, made mad moves, put them back into contention, honestly, and then just bounced. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's the Browns for you. Uh, my guy is Marcus Johnson, man. If you don't know who Marcus Johnson is, that's okay. Not many people did before this week. 
He's the wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. He's also a wide receiver that got eight targets and five receptions in a game for 108 yards. The game before, he had three targets for three receptions and 53 yards. He's working his way into the offense. And T and uh, I was going to say TJ Yeldon. <laughs> to Jiminy Cricket. To Jiminy right? Cricket Hilton. To Jiminy Cricket Hilton <laughs> is washed. I'm sorry to say it. Oh, he dear. might be the unluckiest player in the league as well. He made a big play that got called back. He had a he had a touchdown go off his fingertips. He had another play called back. Like he might be really unlucky too, but it's not a coincidence that he's getting he's getting looked at less. And you know, and they need they have a big hole because also their rookie went down. I forget his name at this point. But Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman. No, oh, and yeah. Michael Pittman. Paris Campbell, Michael Pittman, and Marcus Johnson. Next guy up, he's take taking a step up and. Surprise, surprise, here he is. So keep an eye out on Marcus Johnson. I, I, We might have to mention him tomorrow. I don't know. Yeah, this was a game against Cincy as well, though, where, you know, they were trailing almost the entire game. So that was that could have played into it as well. But, I mean, I think he certainly played himself into a bigger role. So I agree with you. By the way, if you're wondering we say what, what we mean by it, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Patreon.com slash Fantasy if you want to access our exclusive waiver wire episode episode. Uh, we do that every week. So, Broto, uh, patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy uh, if you want to check that out. Word up. Uh, my second surprise, surprise is someone who let me down big time, LaFisca Chenault. Gardner Minshew had an atrocious game, man. Like, DJ Chark saw 14 targets. 14. Ended with seven catches for 45 yards. Keelan Cole had the biggest game, which I started Chark and Chenault this week. And Keelan Cole goes in. Very, very frustrating. But yeah, LaVisca Chenault, he saw seven targets, but and he did have a rush attempt, but it turned into three catches for 10 yards, one rush yard. Very disappointing game for Chenault. I, uh, it was just, it was a bad performance by Gardner Minshew. Like the Lions, it's not like the Lions did anything tremendous defensively. He was just missing his receivers and he was hesitating. It was just, he looked like, uh, he looked, it was one of the worst, worser games we've seen of Gardner Minshew's career. So I do think Chenault has better days ahead, but he had a very good matchup here against Detroit, especially with his workload increasing from week to week at this point. So it was certainly uh, disappointing to see. All right, uh, I'm moving on to my next guy. My next guy here is someone that I also had a hat hanger on, and you know he's been really good, but uh, had his first bad game of the season. He's not bulletproof. Kareem Hunt. Uh, 13 rushes for 40 yards, only three targets in the passing game for two catches and 17 yards. This game was a route from the very beginning. This Pittsburgh Steelers defense, although they lost Devin Bush, which is a huge loss. Um, this pitch, Pittsburgh Steelers defense is a force to be reckoned with uh, against the run. They are probably the best run defense in football at this point. Uh, so Kareem Hunt is not matchup proof. When he's playing the best run defense in football, He's not matchup proof. What it tells me a lot about is the Steelers. Like, if Kareem Hunt can't succeed against the Steelers, even in the passing game, because you with Kareem Hunt, he's he's game script proof. because uh, he gets so many targets, he gets, you know, the lowest he's gotten in the game is is two, and he's only done that one time. So yeah. he's getting targets. So, um, yeah, Kareem Hunt. Yeah, wow. it was certainly a disappointing game, but uh. I mean, I'm still very happy if I roster him moving forward. But, you know, these things happen. Yeah, for sure. mm-hmm. 
Shall we move on to the stock up section? That's exactly what we should do, Michael. That's exactly what we should do. Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now, right now, John, the stock trades over the counter at 10 cents a share. And by the way, John, our analysts indicate it could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. Man, Travis Kelsey just lost a fumble on like the last play before half and I'm playing against Buffalo defense. That's not frustrating at all. Yeah, I got a nice last two points on the Bears interception. You got to be kidding me, man. So lame. So lame. I, by the way, I was, I was the number two ranker on defenses last week. I didn't get a chance to flex that. Yes, you were. What was that? A na- in the world. Number two in the world. <laughs> Silver medal. So I'll put that out there. Um, all right. So which which segment are we on here? Stock it's, up. It's hard to watch football and, and do this. Stock up. Stock up. Right. All right. I'm going to go first because my stock up is welcome back. Deshaun Watson, well, welcome back. Yes, he's back. I don't know why putting a defensive coordinator in as head coach has done this to him, but dude, he looks exactly like he used to, and it is amazing. And thank you very much, Deshaun Watson, for being the guy now that you, if you got him, you spend an early draft pick on him. And it, nothing hurts more than an early draft pick quarterback. Not panning out. Like if you got Lamar Jackson, you're you're killing yourself right now. That's yeah. it. Last place teams have Lamar Jackson on them at the moment. So, I mean, thank God, Deshaun Watson, welcome back. I love it. Yeah, Deshaun Watson balled out. It looks like the uh, offense is certainly better without Bill O'Brien. Uh, Brandon Cooks had another big game. Will Fuller continues to have big games. Darren Fells went in. So yeah, shout out to Bill O'Brien too for being a piece of trash. My Will first Fuller, Will Fuller, my bad, is the is the wide receiver six on the season right now. Yeah, his ADP never made any sense. With a donut. Yeah. With a donut on his record. I'm telling you, his ADP never made any sense. We've discussed Fuller's ADP repeatedly. Uh my first stock up, Trey Burton. When we recorded the Wednesday waiver pod, um, me and Jason were high on Burton. But we were still a little iffy. This is why we say check the rankings and follow Twitter and things of that sort as well. By Saturday, I had Trey Burton as my 11th tight end. And, yeah, Trey Burton went in. Four receptions, 58 yards, and a touchdown, and a one-yard wildcat rushing touchdown. Another five targets from Phillip Rivers. He's clearly the main tight end in that offense now. Jack Doyle caught a touchdown, too, and Jack Doyle came up holding his hand after, so he might be hurt even, which would be even better for Trey Burton. In the tight end landscape, the way it is, Trey Burton is someone that you'd be very, it would be very smart for you to go after because he's only 20% rostered in Yahoo leagues and he's looking like a big part of that offense now that he's back and healthy. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to do the Michael and agree with you, Michael. Yes, I agree. Um, Dude, unleash the animal. No one at the size that Derrick Henry is should be running as fast as Derrick Henry is. Dude is it is a it is a remarkable thing to see. Holy honestly. moly. It is like watching like something that doesn't like it's like watching, you know when you had the cheat codes that would make the players big in like arcade games? It's like it looks like that. It looks like he's like on on a magic mushroom in Mario. Twenty two rushes for two hundred and twelve yards for two touchdowns. And everyone is like, yo, two hundred and twelve yards rushing. He did it. 
Everyone's just leaving out the fact that he had 52 yards receiving. Well, one of the well, it was like a screen pass that he took like 50 yards. So, but yeah, yeah, but it certainly no one's counts. putting that in his final like his final stat line should read. What well, do the quick math, Michael? Uh, 264 yards. You said do the quick math, Michael, and then did the quick math yourself. I know, my bad. 264 yards. That's what people should be seeing in their headlines, but they're seeing 212. It's a travesty. But anyway, the thing that stood out to me the most in that game was that game ended in a wildcat. And, yo, uh, uh, their head coach is an old-school football dude, so he could just tell body language. You could see body language. The way that the game was going, they were afraid of Derrick Henry. They didn't want to touch him anymore. That whole overtime... Jeez, Louise, it was just Derrick Henry and Jeremy McNichols even. It was clear that that defense wanted no part of Derrick Henry anymore. Like, they were dreading hike. Like, that sound was giving them the willies. You know what I mean? Like, you could just tell it. <laughs> the willies. Like, it, and that's what Derrick Henry does, particularly at this time of year. Like, this is Derrick Henry turnip season at this point. This is when This is what he always does. He starts the season off like... Yeah, this guy's pretty good, but and then he goes into acceleration mode. This is what this will be the third year in a row he does this. And the reason is, is because he's bigger than everyone. And when you're bigger than everyone and you run into people, that hurts them way more than it hurts you. And they are hurt by the end of this game. And you could tell. And Derrick Henry loves it. He loves delivering the punishment. And he's so fast. And the guy that you drafted Derrick Henry to be, he's he's kind of been that guy sometimes. He's about to He's about to be RB1, 100%, no doubt, every week. Lock and loaded, superstar, boom, bam, boom. And, yo, shout-out to Mike Vrabel because I don't know if you caught this, Tim, but just masterful head coaching work. They were down by one point or two points at the end of the game. I believe it was two points, right? Or one. Either way, it doesn't matter. That's, that's, not, that's not what this has to do with. There's like two minutes and 40 seconds on the clock. The Texans have the ball at like the 20 yard line second and two the clock is running so what does Mike Vrabel do he intentionally puts a 12th man on the field gets a 12 man on the field penalty the Texans now move up five yards and get the first down automatically but the clock stops so instead of giving the Texans second and third and two the chance to get that first down, which they likely will. He gives them the first down up to like the 15-yard line where if they get the first down, they'll likely score anyways. And stops the clock. So he's, he keeps about 40 seconds in his back pocket and still has all three timeouts. And then the Texans score. And the Texans and the Titans have enough time and timeouts to drive down the field and score a four Just seconds enough left. time with four seconds left, yeah. Yeah. Just Masterful work by Mike Vrabel. And straight through the wire through our sources. Raheem Mostert now out. What are you talking about through our likely sources? to place on IR our sources of Twitter. Adam Schefter? Adam Schefter and such, you know. <laughs> yeah, Raheem Mostert out. That sucks. The guy the guy balls out every time he's on the field and now he can't stay healthy. He's gonna be on the IR. Looks like Jeff Wilson and and Jarek McKinnon are all of a sudden pretty I don't know. Jermichael Hasty played yesterday, too, with Wilson Hurt. So That is true. Well, either Hasty uh, or Wilson. We'll see. Michael, who's your second but guy? Anyway, my second, we saw that coming, is I feel like this doesn't have to be said, but I'm saying it anyways because shout out him for coming back and balling out hard. Julio Jones. 
came back and was Julio again. Eight receptions, 137 yards, two touchdowns. Julio Jones things, 30 fantasy points. The football world is better with a healthy Julio Jones in it. So here's to hoping that he could uh, stay healthy the rest of the season, but he came back and looked exactly like Julio Jones again. My guy who's next, and this is why we call this stock up, is because it's not I'm sold on this player completely. It's the others. They're looking up. And that guy is DeAndre Swift. Um, listening to the Twins last week, they told you, and when I was listening, that was something that, that lit up in my mind, something that was memorable, was after the bye week, you're going to get a rookie more involved. And they had a bye week to get him more involved, and it looked like he was exactly that, more involved. And his numbers show one thing. 14 rushes for, 14 rushes, excuse me, for 116 yards and two touchdowns. Uh also, three catches, only for seven yards, but still three catches. If you're in a PPR league, that's three points right there. He only played on 29% of snaps. I'm sorry, on 38% of snaps. So, is he the starting running back yet? No. But it's looking more and more likely that he's part of the offense, that he's part of the situation. And in snap count, it, when it's 38%, this is something that we dealt with, with with like Mark Andrews last year. Remember Mark Andrews? He was part of like a three-headed tight end situation, mm-hmm. and he got like only 45% of the snaps, but he was he was nice. And I think DeAndre Swift could be that kind of situation except in the backfield, where if he's going to touch the ball 18 times, I'm sorry, 17 times, if he's going to touch the ball 17 times, I don't care how many snaps he's in the field. Yeah, he had 14 rushes to AP's 14, so... That disparity is usually a lot different. It's not usually half and half. And I think it. the Lions will be more inclined to make it more swift than AP going forward. Like next week, I'll be absolutely shocked if it's like swift five carries AP 17, you know? So yeah, I agree. A story as old as time, the young rookie running back who starts off slow because he doesn't get the, the touches and whose coaches are easing him in. Takes over for the veteran back who was taking his snaps. A story old this time, a story told over and over. When will we learn that this story never ends? Never ends. Thank you. And my final <laughs> stock rising. Someone we discussed a little bit earlier when you were talking about Deshaun Watson, so don't have to get into it too much, but Brandon Cooks, um, another nine target game, 12 targets the week prior after coming off eight, 161 and one. He goes nine, 68 and one. And he is looking like a big part of that offense now. And you want a highly involved receiver that is connected to Deshaun Watson generally. So he's looking like the high upside wide receiver three that we thought we'd be. And glad that Bill O'Brien's gone because we speculated that it can't get any worse without Bill O'Brien. And it certainly looks like it's uh, it's at least going to be a little bit better without Bill O'Brien. Michael, that's our stock up. But we're six sadistic folk, and we like to end you know it. the show on a bad note. <laughs> Who's in the stock down? The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. The Dow traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame them. We're now down 43%. Almost everything there completely wiped out. And the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. Man. The more I get into stocks, the more that really like makes my heart drop. <laughs> I can only imagine people who had 
thousands upon thousands of dollars invested in the stock market when that stock crash happened. Life, life savings. Jeez Louise. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, this, is what, this is what being a Jets fan, this is what it makes you. It makes you just expect things to, be, to end badly. And Mets and Jets and Knicks, you know. And Knicks and Jets. And the Mets. triumvirate and, of and New York even sports. Even being a fantasy football player. Like, we're lucky enough to be good fantasy football players. But if you win your fantasy league ever, every year, you're either playing in a whack league or you're lying. Yeah. Like, like there's, you know. So, you end up in disappointment more often than you end up in championships in a per league major. <laughs> so, it's just a, it's a heartbreak city. So, let's end with heartbreak. Michael, who's your first heartbreak of the Yo, the yeah, I was going to say, let me start because I'm pissed right now cam Akers, yo this dude saw two snaps and zero touches after sean mcveigh he came back from injury went nine for 61 against washington sean mcveigh says they want to get him more involved and then he doesn't get a single touch in a game where their offense was just sputtering the entire time they put up 16 points like what makes you when you're down the entire game and your offense is not working. Like Daryl Daryl Henderson ran well. I'm not saying Daryl Henderson was bad, but what makes you just continue to give the damn ball to Malcolm Brown? Like two rushes, four yards for Malcolm Brown, three receptions, eighteen yards. Like why aren't those four targets Cam Akers? Like why is it Malcolm Brown? You spent a high draft pick on this guy. He was your highest your highest draft pick in the entire draft. You didn't have a first-round pick. You said you were going to get him more involved. And then after the game, he says, oh, just the, the game dictated it. Like, what does that mean? What does, what does the game need to do for Cam Akers to see the field? And, you know, the most frustrating part about it is I would not be shocked at all if Cam Akers gets, like, 12 touches next week. But, like we've been saying, this Rams backfield is a complete joke at this point when it comes to trying to guess who's going to get the touches. I mean, right now it seems like it's Daryl Henderson, but... Who knows if that's going to remain? Just it's very frustrating. Honestly, Cam Akers is just has just been a not a fun player to have this season. It's so funny because I could totally see at this time next week, like looking looking down the barrel of a Cam Akers 120 yard two touchdown day, and I wouldn't like be it, shocked by it. But no, no, <laughs> because that's the kind of scheme McVay puts together where running backs can do that, and. He would he'll use anyone at any time, and he's already shown us. And it, you you just can't play him. It sucks, but I he'll have a good game again, one hundred percent. I think. Um, one guy that may never have a good game again is Evan Ingram. Um, this is something where I believe in the player, and the opportunity is there. Um, hasn't played less than eighty one percent of snaps in a game. Um, has gotten over eighteen percent of his team's targets three times out of six games, only under 10% one time. He even had a game where he was targeted 10 times. That turned into six receptions for 35 yards. He's had one good game, and it became, it came on a run. Um, really, Evan Ingram, when I see him on the field, he doesn't look like he sucks. Daniel Jones sucks. Daniel Jones is horrible. That guy sucks. So when... Well, you know, no one says he can't get better, but he sucks right now. At the moment, and he is pretty you, damn trash. You take away, well, you take away Saquon Barkley from that team, and it's just it just changes everything. And this is not working out for Evan Ingram. Daniel Jones does not like looking at his tight end. Apparently, even when he does, he looks for him for the short to intermediate stuff. 
Evan Ingram's best asset is that he has this big play potential as a tight end. And you saw that when he got the ball that wasn't delivered to him by Daniel Jones. It was the rush. He made things happen with the ball in his hands. He's just not getting the opportunity to do so. So I, I don't see even this tight end landscape. Shame on us every year, man. We always make the same exact fucking mistake every year. We always say, and this is across the board, everyone. Yo, man, this might be the year for tight ends. Tight ends look good this year. Yeah, it could be this guy. It could be this guy. It never is. Fair enough. Yeah. We need to stop this shit. It's getting ridiculous. It's year after year. Same shit all the time. And he's one of them. So Evan Ingram, stock down. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a mess right now with Evan Ingram. I mean, the true throw value, the true target value isn't there either. So, yeah, not good. Uh, my second stock down, it's got to be Antonio Gibson, man. Maybe after the bye, week eight, similar to DeAndre Swift, there'll be a little bit of a changing of the guard, but that's just not happening. And with the way McKissick played against the Giants, I don't see why that would change heading into Dallas either. He had eight carries and 41 yards and then six receptions and 43 yards on six targets. He played more snaps than Gibson. And we don't want it to be the case, but he was also more effective than Gibson. Gibson had nine rushes for 30 yards, five targets, four receptions, and 25 yards. And Antonio Gibson is someone I like, of course, but if he's going to be splitting work actually on the lower end of the work with J.D. McKissick in one of the worst offenses in football, he's just he's not going to be someone you could trust. He's shown that he's pretty touchdown dependent, and you really got to hope that coming out of the week eight bye, something changes and Antonio Gibson becomes the guy there. It's it's interesting, you know, because Antonio Gibson he has the talent, but he's never handled a big workload in his life. So you gotta you gotta think like, you know, Washington right now they're not gonna win this year. They want to get this guy in involved in the offense. They're not they got a long plan looking at, you know, they're not gonna win the Super Bowl this year. So how much does this kind of lead into next year to be the guy, not later this year as fantasy prognosticators might think but maybe next year long-term goals in mind so yeah. I, I don't know that's just that's a theory i'm not saying i believe that it's just it could be it could be hit me with um, your last of long-term hit me with yeah, your last sorry. stock down so yeah speaking of long-term goals alexander this is my last one michael you, you messed up man i got i got two more what is yeah, this my bad my bad my bad what's going on over here uh speaking of Numbers, right? That's what I said. Uh, Dalvin Cook was is an often injured running back who just got a big deal after holding out, even though Alexander Madison's on a roster. And, you know, men lie, women's lie, and sometimes numbers lie. And I think that, you, you know, Alexander Madison is very good, but he comes in on plays where Dalvin Cook's not in, and the defense kind of is a little more lackadaisical towards the run than otherwise. I'm not saying Alexander Madison isn't good, but it was clear that he's not as dynamic as Dalvin Cook, and it's clear that he could be game scripted against, unlike Dalvin Cook, who can't. Um, so Alexander Madison is not Dalvin Cook, and his stock is down because people are expecting him, if Dalvin Cook goes down, which is a major possibility because he always does, people are expecting him to be Dalvin Cook, and he just is not Dalvin Cook. So I think his stock is down. Do I think that he's still a nice RB2 if Dalvin Cook goes down? But I think that your expectation that you are you have been stashing a running back one for sure every single week because of the Vikings run because the Vikings run game is what makes the Vikings run game great and not Dalvin Cook. I think that you are 
mistaken. Yeah, not good. Not good day. Not a good day for Alexander Madison. Uh, you got to hope that if he gets another start, it uh, it's a better one. But yeah, I expected more out of him against Atlanta, and clearly that wasn't the case. So I agree with you that Madison is stock is down at the moment. <clears throat> Who's your last guy, Michael? And lastly, I'm hitting you with some. Damien Harris, because this is someone last week on the waiver pod. Jason and I really tried to caution you spending a lot of waiver fab on or waiver priority because 17 rushes and 100 yards against KC was nice, but we're talking about New England, and guess what? Against Denver, when they were trailing, Damien Harris ended with six rushes for 19 yards, one target, one reception, 14 yards, 3.8 points, and that's what happens in the New England Patriots backfield over and over. James White, of course, had the bigger day, nine targets, eight receptions, uh, 65 yards, four rush attempts, eight yards. This is what happens with New England. Like, they have guys who play roles, who play into those roles depending on the game, and they're all game script dependent, and you never really know which way it's going to go. Like, who would have expected the Patriots to just get dominated by Denver? Like, they were absolutely dominated. Like, the Denver Broncos kicked field goal after field goal. They could have won that game, like, 49-7, to honestly. Like, it was that bad of a domination on the Broncos' side. They just happened to— All field goals. They didn't score any touchdowns. Yeah, they just happened to really sputter at the end to give New England a chance, but then they even held up strong there, too. So, Damian Harris here is my stock down because, look, Sony Michelle's going to end up coming back at some point, too. Rex Burkhead's there. James White is there. J.J. Taylor is there. I don't see how you could trust this guy week to week. And if you spent a bunch of fab on him or a high waiver priority, it probably wasn't the best decision. Interesting strategy that I just thought of in my head. Now that you mention it, I haven't vetted it at all. So take it with a grain of salt. Um, the, the New England Patriots are basically known as a bend, but don't break defense. They've lost a bunch of guys. So they've been more bend or don't breaky this year. Kickers are crapshoot anyway. Maybe... Maybe aim after the kicker against New England. Maybe that's how you stream. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I haven't really looked. I mean, Brandon McManus is just automatic anyway, so maybe it's just because Brandon McManus is nice. Yeah, <laughs> just saying. Um, Hit me with your last stock. Down, down. All right, so Juju Smith-Schuster is my last stock down because Ugh. not only is his stock down in fantasy, his stock is down in uh in his actual life, unfortunately, because he is a free agent after this year and he was looking to get a major contract and he looked like he was on the on the the path towards a major contract. I have to but, wonder, sorry to cut you off since this is yeah, your stock down. I have to wonder if this is similar to like an Alvin Kamara situation last year when no one really knew he was hurt because Juju's always on. He's like limited on Wednesdays with a knee injury. Like he's limited in practice all the time, but then he's like off the injury designation he just hasn't been that explosive guy. So I really wonder if there's something going on there that they're just not telling us. But go ahead again. I think to, to your point, that could be the case. But also, it could also be that Juju Smith-Schuster has never been an explosive guy. And like a guy like Matt Harmon's reception perception, which we talk about a lot during the um, during the offseason, he has Juju Smith-Schuster in like the lowest, like the 30th percentile of being able to get open. It's just that. He's in the slot. You don't really need to get open and in the it was, slot. It was yards after catch as well, which he's right. is, isn't happening this season. So, I mean, his contract's up. They're probably going to move on from him in, in the in the offseason. They have Deontay Johnson. He's coming back. James Washington's becoming more of a part, and Chase Claypool's absolutely exploding. So, 
I don't like the outlook for Juju Smith-Schuster. We I mean, probably Chase Claypool. I don't know how we missed them in our stock up, but he's obviously stock up at this point. Well, I mean, Chase Claypool is just kind of like an encore to his Week Five performance. So I think right, it's but, clear that I his mean, stock is up. Like I, I think he's one of the guys where you don't even really have to mention the fact that his stock is up. Like it's very obvious at this point. And seeing the role that James Washington played in that game as well, um, it was even more of a of an uplift for me in terms of Chase Claypool because there's a world 100% where Deontay Johnson and Clay, Chase Claypool are both fantasy viable wide receiver twos. That world exists. And Juju Smith-Schuster doesn't live in that world. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's that. It. That's all I got to say. Uh, Michael, where can they find you? At BrotoFF Mike. Find me at BrotoFF Tim. You can find Jason at BrotoFF Jason. See what we did there. Uh, you can find us all at Brodo Fantasy, which is the one we really want you to to follow. We don't really care about our personal followers. Follow follow the company. True that. Um, uh, what else? Brodo uh, Brodo has a Patreon, patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. If you want to support the show, if you want to help us get new technology and things uh, like that, or if you want to help us advertise and things of that nature, we need money behind us. So if you could support us, we will give you a bunch of extras for your money, including the waiver wire episode tomorrow and a fire discord chat sponsors um at thrivefantasy.com and at uh partybells.com uh what else anything else mike uh thank you all for listening and rotofantasy.com oh you already mentioned that but yeah yeah, go there go there absolutely (laughs) all right man Later. later